Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. How are we doing this morning? Awesome. Awesome. So, um, I wanted to start today uh, by talking about just a couple movies, uh, a particular genre um, of vengeance. Can, can anyone name some vengeance movies? The Avengers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Avengers. Anyone else? Liam Neeson. That's a good one. It'll be, it'll be up there in a second. John Wick. Uh, if we go to the next slide, we'll see. Yeah, Taken, The Equalizer. You guys remember with Denzel. On the next side, we have John Wick, Mean Girls, right? Um, so these movies, I think, in our society, uh, is almost glamorized. Um, I'm going to be the first to admit that I think sometimes when I watch, you know, I recently watched a show called The Terminal List, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very violent show, but it, it almost makes me feel good when I know that the, the hero wins and things happen. Um, but I've realized that vengeance, it's, it's what the world expects. It's what our society and people, it, it, it's easy. It's easy to say, yes, an eye for an eye. He hurt me and I'm going to get back. In our c- culture, there's even this cancel culture where people just completely block each other off. The whole term, you do you and I'll be over here. And we just kind of separate. And I, I think as Christians, we're, we're not supposed to look like that. We're not supposed to look like the earth. Um, we're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to look different. So we need to be countercultural. And so how do we do that? The topic I want to talk about today is about forgiveness equaling freedom. And so it's the topic of forgiveness because I think through that you get freedom. And the irony for me uh, sharing, sharing about forgiveness is I think most of my life I've lived holding grudges. Um, my dad and I don't have a good relationship. I'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, growing up, going through like ROTC in the military, they, you know, protect what is yours, defend. And the whole concept, when someone d- does you wrong, it makes sense. Yeah, let's get them back. Um, and so that, that's really circled a lot of my life. And so it's kind of funny that I'm up here sharing about this. Uh, but it's what God's put on, on my heart when Adrian and I were praying for today. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll share a story uh, of one of my former employees. We'll call him Dave. Uh, two years ago, uh, Dave uh, worked for me, and then he didn't work for me because I fired him. Uh, it was right before Eden was born, and um, I was about to go on paternity leave, and I just didn't want to leave things kind of unsettled. So long story short, just um, I go on paternity leave after firing him, and I'm like, okay, my life is great. I'm, I'm with my baby 24-7, waking up every two hours. Um, Feedy heard, you know, just we'd, we'd had these little Christmas lights wrapped around our bed, and th- those were the lights we kind of used to kind of dim the setting uh, as we were changing diapers and things. And so right when she was about two weeks old, 
Uh, I, we go to the airport to pick up my mother-in-law. She was going to come visit and meet meet Eden for the first time. So we go to O'Hare, come back, and as we're driving back, I look in my car and just something didn't look right. So I go and I look, and the the rear windshield was busted. My my tires were slashed. Two two tires on the other side. Um, and so this is a picture of of what I saw. Um, funny story, the reason there's a spare is earlier that week, I had a flat tire, so I had my spare on, and so that was the one that got slashed. Um, so two tires. The other side they left uh, for some reason, but um, two tires. So I had to get three new tires, so I just got five tires, all, a whole new set, got the windshield repairs, all that stuff. And then we were thinking, hey, like, who could this have been? The cop was like, hey, does anyone have a grudge against you? And I was like, I, you know, I, I, I like to think most people like me. Um, and so we thought maybe it was a random act, but maybe, maybe it was Dave. Uh, but just, we weren't sure. So then two weeks later, it actually happens again. And so you, there's a different, yeah, you could tell it's kind of rainy here. If we go to the next slide, uh, there's a closer picture. Not working, great. Um, it happens again, it looks pretty much just like this. And um, and then thoughts just really circle my mind. I'm like, man, I'm pretty upset. I I had thoughts and things that left my mouth that I probably should you know, repent of. And uh, thoughts like, I know where he lives, I know the car he drives, I know the car his parents drives, right? Um, so much of that. About a year passes, and I don't hear from him. Like, you know, obviously we, we have our daughter, we have our life, we're moving on. I think we started attending here at the time. And so it was just a new se a sequence of life, and then I get a phone call from Dave. And uh, the conversation wasn't very helpful. It essentially circled around us, attacking each other, defending ourselves, and then getting frustrated, and it just wasn't great. Um, but it, in that conversation, it actually uh, confirmed our suspicions. Uh, he said things like, you know, if you did something bad, uh, you probably deserved it. Or the, the, the biggest one was, I didn't say I didn't do it. And so we, we knew at that point that, that it was him. Uh, throughout the years, I've heard of him visiting other car washes and spend about an hour with the manager just bad-mouthing me. And, and that would sometimes... Hurt, be hurtful, you know? I, I, I like people liking me. Um, and so, um, pretty much it's been about two years. Three weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I got a call from Dave again. Um, and he asked if he could meet me face to face so that he could say, forget you to my face. And it wasn't the word forget. Um, but he wanted to say it to my face and maybe it would give him some closure. And so I agreed. I said, let's go. Um, parts of me wanted to get these, this ammunition of words I wanted to say that would really hurt him or cut deep. Uh, but God is good because he gave me a wonderful helper who <laughs> points me to God even when I don't want to. Um, I actually almost didn't even tell Adrian that I was going to meet because I it was it was so stressful at the time. But this is why God is good because we were able to take a step back and just pray, um, and we prayed, "Hey God, like, would you give me your heart for Him?" I'll t 
tell you about the meeting later on as we go. Um, but I wanted to demonstrate something uh, with this cup. Um, I'm going to take a sip because it's great. When we look at this cup, how much do you guys think this cup weighs? Four ounces, two ounces. I mean, if we go in pounds, maybe like less than a pound. And I'm just going to hold it like this. And in reality, the weight of this cup is irrelevant for this example. Um, the longer I hold this cup, let's say I hold it for one minute, it's not a problem. I can hold it. My arms probably will get tired. I haven't been working out recently. But let's say I hold it for an hour. What would happen? Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I honestly don't even think I could hold this up for an hour. Uh, there's actually like this Korean punishment where we'd have to hold our hands up, and I held my hands up a lot as a kid. Um, <laughs> But definitely not an hour. And then, but what happens if I hold it for longer? 12 hours, a day, a week, months. I think over time, why I say the weight's irrelevant is it doesn't matter the weight of this cup. It's the longer you hold it, the heavier it gets. I think that's because I'm nervous. I'm just kidding. Um, but the, the heavier it gets. What we have to learn to do is set it down. That's the answer. It's to be able to take this cup that, and like I said, it will paralyze you. Your arm will probably go numb, all that stuff. And to be able to set it down, to be able to forgive, and to be able to let it go. <sighs> That's easier said than done. It's, I mean, that was pretty easy. There's circumstances in our lives that I'm sure aren't. The by holding on to this cup, we, um, it's like that old saying, it's, it's like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. And how silly is that? And so I want to I wanna go to one of my favorite teachings. Uh, it's going to be Luke 15, verse 11 through 32. And so Jesus is teaching in this parable. Um, he's actually teaching a lot in this section of Luke, but um, he's teaching a parable. And f for some of us, a parable is just a simple story to illustrate a teaching or a message. Um, and so Luke 15, 11 through 32 is the prodigal son. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite. It's probably my mo one of my most favorite story uh, teachings of Jesus, as well as the one I could probably relate to the most, uh, just with both sons. Um, but we'll, we'll take a look here. So starting in verse 11, and he said, there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the state of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had had and took journey, took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, 
He said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced and kissed him. And he said to him, and, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Shoes on his feet. Crazy. He didn't even have shoes. <laughs> and bring the fat and, and bring the fattened calf and killed it, kill it. And let the let us eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is, and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the older son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing and he called to one of the servants and asked, what did, what, and he asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. Your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. He was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I've served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when, his, when the son of yours came, you who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. <sighs> Super good story. Super good parable. Um, I, there's so much we can pull from it. There's so many parts that I relate with and I'm sure we all do. Um, but I'm just going to just pull a couple things. So imagine, you know, I, so imagine this father. So I'm putting myself, I have a daughter. She's, you know, Eden. I, I like couldn't imagine her coming to me one day and saying, Hey, you're as good as dad. Give me the money that you saved up for me. And uh, I'm going to take it and leave. Like I, I just couldn't imagine that. Um, but that's kind of, that's what the son does. He, he comes up, says that and then leaves. And I don't know if I'd be more hurt. If I'd be more upset, I, I really, I'm sure all of us could kind of imagine that or maybe not imagine it because it'd be tough. But that's what the son does. And then he decides to come back. And I think one of the, the, the most amazing things, and when I was reading, I, I said it, it said in verse 20, but while he was still a long way off, the father saw him. And what I realized in the story is like, how often are we looking at the horizon, looking for people to come, like, to forgive, to... It's not very often. I mean, most of the time it's probably just on our phones and, oh, I'm here. Okay, great. I'll come out. But this father is looking. And then he, he, he runs and embraces him and kisses him. So running is, 
is first of all not a thing that men of the stature did in that time. They 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 say guard your loins because you know the the clothing was loose. You didn't want things to to be showing, and and so men just didn't run. And yet he runs after him after all this wrong that has been done to him to the father. And so, you know, I think if it was me, I would, I would almost be sitting in a chair. You don't see the father. So what you don't see is you don't see the father sitting in his chair in his office being like, my son has come. Where's my apology? You deserve that. That's right. Go be a servant. Like he, he doesn't sit um, expecting an apology. He just lavishes his son with love. He's quick to forgive. He actually forgave his son Long before the son even realized he was ready to come back or needed to come back, he he was out there, long, you know, looking and, and searching in the horizon. I think for most of us, we probably relate more with the brother, the older brother. Oh, well, I deserved it. I don't. I don't deserve that. I, he better say this or that, or um, maybe we feel entitled to an apology. Sometimes in my marriage, as amazing as I am. Um, <laughs> Um, Adrian and I will butt heads from time to time. Um, and it's hard for me to be quick to, to say sorry, to apologize, to forgive. I don't see myself running across the room embracing her. We're working on it. We're working on it. But, but it's difficult. And it just made me realize how, how much more true like this whole concept of vengeance, how, how much unforgiveness is so known and seen in our society. How do we get better? How do I get better? Uh, I think we have to reflect on, on the truth of, of the parable of everything in our lives, the truth of who God says we are. And the reality is that we are all his children. We are all broken. We are all hurt. And we all need a savior. We are forgiven. So what does Jesus say? Like we are to forgive. It, it's that Matthew 18 talks about it. Forgiving not just seven, but 77. Some translations say 70 times 77. I, that's difficult. I don't know if I can keep forgiving people who, who do me wrong. I think about even the story of Dave. So going back to the story of Dave. Um, this, so a couple weeks ago we met, but before we met, like I said, I started feeling these, these, this anxiety, this anger. Um, but luckily I had Adrian with me who helped me to just kind of pray over the situation. And I guess what I didn't realize at the time was how much God has worked on my heart just over these last two years, little by little, little, every time I heard things, he would just shape the perspective a little differently. Even when, even when Dave called part of me, I actually didn't answer the first more detail. I didn't answer the first call and I was like, should I call him back? And I was like, I'll just call him back and figure out what's going on. Um, but we prayed, we actually had, uh, other before the meeting, we had others pray for us because parts of me were nervous. I, I didn't know what he was capable of. I saw my car a couple times. Um, and honestly speaking, over the last two years, I'd have days where I just go out to my car to go to work, and I'd just expect something to be wrong. Um, 
And so before the meeting, um, I, God helped me to do two things. One was, it wasn't about me being able to prove why he deserved to get fired. I, I didn't want to be right. I didn't want to win the conversation. The second thing God did was he helped me to set aside my pride. And I was just going to apologize. I didn't know what I was going to do wrong necessarily, or I did, but it, I just decided to leave all of that aside and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And then we met and, and what I realized for Dave was that he, he got the vengeance he wanted. You know, he, um, he was able, you know, he ruined my car a couple times. Didn't ruin it. He just broke a couple things. Did that, and I think he thought it would make him feel good. But as I talked to him, I realized over the last two years, this has just been eating him away. It's funny because his, when he told his sister that he was, because we got to catch up, and I'll tell you how all of that went. But when, his, when he told his sister he was going to come meet me, she was upset at him and said, my goodness, get over yourself. Like, why would you, like, this is in the past. It's been over two years. But this unforgiveness just ate away. And the amazing part was, I think when we, we got to see each other, I apologized. I said, hey, I'm sorry. I, I didn't even care about me proving things right or wrong. I, I was really blown away at just how soft my heart was. I actually started feeling a lot of compassion for him. So we actually talked for about an hour and a half. We, we got to catch up on life. And it was amazing because none of this would have been able to happen without, without God's working on my heart, without me letting, you know, help him helping me set aside these things and just opening the door to say sorry. And he actually forgave me. He said, he said, I forgive you. He like said those words. It's kind of crazy because all these years I had things built up and God was able to release that in that moment. Forgiveness is huge. It, uh, there's a lot of benefit to forgiving people. I think a lot of people think that's like the harder thing, but I think the harder thing is carrying that burden, the weight of it over all those years. Uh, there's actually research out there about forgiveness. Look at that. So even, even physically, there are benefits. We're talking about mental health Reduced or rental health outcomes as such as reduced anxiety, depression, major psychiatric disorders, as, a, as well as fewer physical health symptoms and a lower mortality rate by forgiving, by forgiving better. Uh, that's the American Psychological Association. There was an article with the doctor's name. I can reference that if anyone wants to read it. Um, but think about that. Forgiveness not only frees you internally, physically, mentally. I mean, it, there's just so much freedom. I realize that this, this topic isn't easy. I know that my circumstance is not probably what everyone else has felt. Um, I'm sure some of you may be thinking, like, harm, good for you. Good job. You got to figure it out. But you don't know my circumstance. You don't know my pain. You don't know what that person did to me. And, and you'd be right. I, I don't know. 
But I know who does. I know God loves loves you and wants freedom, wants peace, wants you to be released from whatever you're holding on to. He wants to help you set the cup down. I'm going to share some steps that I think as I reflect on the whole situation that helped me to uh, achieve some freedom. So first, I think you have to decide that it's not about winning, it's not about being right, it's not about any of that. It's just let it go. Just It doesn't matter who's right, who's wrong, who is at fault. Pray and ask God to give you his heart for the person. I think this was a thing that really shifted in my heart because the reality is is do these reflections of what God says I think it helps you to see people in a different perspective versus the one that you just experienced God says that they are loved that they are children I mean he literally gave his son everyone is broken hurting and in need of a savior that is all have fallen short of the glory of God and He's forgiven them. I mean, Jesus literally already died, resurrected. He's, we're, we're all forgiven. And so, like, how powerful is that? That the Father already forgave. So who are we? Who are we to hold on to these things and choose to forgive? Forgiveness is a muscle. Um, and I don't know if, if anyone wants to come up and we'll move into ministry in a second. But forgiveness is a muscle. It, it doesn't come naturally. It's some people maybe supernaturally, but for most of us, I think forgiveness is something we need to exercise. And for those of you who, of us who maybe go to the gym or not, we, as we exercise, the, what happens is that the muscle fibers actually tear, right? They get stretched and then they tear and it hurts. It's not easy. It's hard. But on the other side of it, as we do it more and more, on the other side of it, we have strength. We have freedom. So that's why that repeat is there. So that we can learn to forgive easier over and over again. For me, I like I said in the beginning, I still have a lot of forgiveness to learn how to do and do it better whether it's with my wife, whether it's with my dad, even my mom. But who is God putting on your heart? Who is he revealing? Because that weight can be very tiring. My hope is that some of what I brought up can give some insight and some freedom in your life.